Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicles. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome into the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. And for the next hour, we'll be talking about managing your finances and building wealth, getting that financial independence at the end of your professional career. You want to enjoy life. You've worked hard, and they specialize in building wealth for you at Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750, a little bit north of the 270-23 interchange. And don't miss Josh in his weekly appearance on the Bruce Hooley Show, 1230 Monday on 98.9 The Answer. We call it Money Monday. So if you would like to get a free consultation with Josh and his team and explore your risk tolerance, and maybe you have no risk tolerance, and that's okay. They have a much, uh, well, let me just say this. They have a very varied client group, some that accept more risk than others. They don't have one locked-in way to do things. They definitely work with you, and you arrive at a decision, and I can say this, because I am the voice of experience. My wife and I sat for the consultation, enjoyed it very much, and we've since become Aptus Wealth Management clients. So, Josh, let's tackle what we normally do at the beginning segment of the program, current events. Inflation number out for the month of December, 6.5%. Joe Biden says it's gone down six months in a row. That's a great sign. You definitely want it going down more than you do have it going up, but it is still more than three times what they say is the target, which is 2%. So what do you make of the latest inflation number for December at 6.5%? from 2022 to 2021. Well, it's good news. Nobody's going to deny that. The fact that we're going in the right direction is good. However, what did we need to do to get it to 6.5? Mm. We had to do four back-to-back three-quarters of a point raises, which we've never done before. We've never done two back-to-back, let alone four. So while we're certainly not in the worst of times from an interest rate perspective, we could point to much worse times back in the 80s. Uh, I don't believe in history that we've ever gotten... Uh, as steep a rate increase climb as we have uh, so far this year. So it's not shocking to me that inflation is going the right direction. I think moving forward, though, the big challenge or the big risk for the Fed is to get it to their target rate inflation. How many more interest rate hikes are they going to need to do? How steep of interest rate hikes can they do without throwing the economy into an unfortunate tailspin? And I think, you know, there's still a lot of looming questions about are we headed into an ultimate recession what are we going to do about the employment issue? We still have you know, supply chain issues. There's still a lot of, uh, let's say, headwinds that we're heading into that are of concern. But again, nobody's going to argue that 6.5 is not a heck of a lot better than 8. Right? Yeah, no doubt. Or 9. It was over 9 at one point. And so much of what we expect is because of what we've gone through before. And you mentioned the 1980s when interest rates were crazy for home mortgages, for cars and all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, I think that's what economists base their expectations on for a recession coming based upon how things have happened in the past, right? Well, yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, I would heed, uh, I would have everybody heed this warning. You know, as you're watching the news, reading whatever it is you read to get the news, be very cautious about whom you're reading and what they're saying. Because in times like these, this is a uh, five minutes in the spotlight Mm. type person's dream, right? Uh, I'm going to come out and shout from the rooftops that I know the answer. I'm going to do that. So even if I'm on the off chance that I'm right and it is the the worst recession or, you know, I've heard just today somebody said they read an article that said this time is going to be worse than the Great Depression. Well, if I say that and on the off chance that I'm right, I can hang my career on that for the rest of my life. Sure. Um, So, you know, just approach those kind of things with caution and and try not to let yourself uh, get into a tailspin before the economy maybe or maybe doesn't do the same. Yeah, that's one thing I've really enjoyed about getting to know you is that you take a very measured approach to this. You're not Pollyanna, but you're not a doomsayer either. And you can set up a free consultation with Josh and his team online at aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com, or do it via the phone. Set up the appointment at 614-917-1040. When you're on the Aptus website, you can sign up to be a subscriber to Josh's YouTube channel. We'll have some details for you today on some of the content that's on the YouTube channel, but sign up for it right there at aptuswealth.com. So we are given this number 6.5%, and I hear a lot of people say, well, when I go to the grocery, it doesn't feel like 6.5%. There are numbers, and I don't know if the 6.5% number is one of them, where they strip out food and energy. Food and energy are things that everybody has to have. I did see this today that uh, measuring year-over-year inflation by the government's 1980s methodology would put our current inflation rate at 15.2%, which is double the 7.1% that we had in November. So they do toy with that formula, which I suppose you can paint a scenario that's a little bit nefarious and suspicious, or you can say, well, people's consumption tastes change, so they should be updating that formula. Well, let's think about just a... a couple of things that have come to be that didn't even exist in the 1980s. You know, as we're having this conversation, we could be having this conversation remotely over cell phones. Sure could. And uh, that wasn't even a thing. We didn't have, you know, there were more technological advances made uh, between 1995 and 2000 than there were since the beginning of time, if you want to think of it that way. So as we're measuring inflation, one of the big there's a bunch of them, and it's probably not a shock to anybody that the government is always bending and twisting numbers to Uh, create a narrative that best suits them at that particular time. But if you look at technology, one of the ways they measure that from an inflation perspective is, let's say I bought a computer last year, and last year it had, and I'm not a computer guy, but had, you know, 10 gigabytes or Mm -hmm. whatever it was, and it cost me $1,000. And this year, you can't even buy one that has 10. Now they're all 20. Right. And it's, you know, if I could find one that was 10, it would only be $800. Well, that means that computers are actually going down in price, not up in price, because you can get the same computer for less, even though you might not even be able to buy it. Or if I was buying a car and last year, um, you know, getting uh, this was this was very prevalent maybe 10 years ago, uh, you know, I to get a CD player was a big a big upgrade. Yeah, now they don't deal. even exist. Right. But uh, well, now if it's standard, that means that the price of that car went down because the option is no longer there. So right. they, they certainly bend things that actually started. It's been going on forever, but it started really prevalently back during the Nixon administration. So they will continue to bend and twist. You can't control it. And I think you're probably right. Real inflation for the average person who's buying food and gas and heating their home is higher than 6.5.
Okay, so whatever the number is, inflation-wise, whichever expert proves to be right with their prediction, whether it's outlandish or whether it's a more moderate prediction, the fact of the matter is we're in a time where people have to be concerned about things they haven't been concerned about two, three years ago, recession, inflation, all those kinds of things. So what kinds of things should people be considering in terms of managing their wealth, investing, still growing? Because you don't want to you don't want to go down and you don't want to be sitting and not gaining anything if other people are gaining significantly more. So are there some safe moves that people can be making right now? Yeah, if we look specifically at inflation, the big risk with inflation is all of your money is being devalued every single day. So if you are, uh, let's say that you're on the extreme cautious side of this and you say, I don't want to be in the stock market at all. Well, that, that's fine. You don't have to be. Mm-hmm. However, if you're earning point nothing in your checking account, you are losing money by the minute, whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. So if you, the first easy money move that I would make is if you are not earning 3% or more on your savings account, you should be. So make sure that that is occurring. If you can't find a savings account that's 3% or higher, I mean, first, I would just go do a Google search of 3% savings account or higher, or the highest earning CD uh, savings accounts, um, then call our office and we'll point you in the right mm-hmm. direction. If you can afford to tie up that money longer, and, and here we're speaking of kind of an emergency fund of sorts, if you can afford to tie up that money longer, you can get into the fours just via CDs. So I think oftentimes what I hear is, yeah, but it's so much work. You know, is 4% really that big of a difference? We're only talking about 50 grand or something. I mean, 4% isn't, that's $2,000 a year. I would say it's it's worth it. That's worth it. Uh, More importantly, if you don't do it and inflation was at 5%, not six and a half, but five, you're losing $2,500 worth of purchasing power on that 50 grand every single year. So make sure you're, you're doing that. And speaking of emergency funds, you know, if you have some concern or, you're you're feeling maybe the blood pressure rise that we're heading into a recession and who knows if we are or we aren't. Uh, everybody's just pontificating. But if you are concerned about that, it's probably a good time to try and figure out a way to bolster that emergency fund. Make yourself bulletproof. You know, I've heard it called, I want to add to my war chest, right? I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I can weather storms a little bit better. I, I think that's, that's a very sound advice. And there are a bunch of other things you can do. Um, in the way of saving additional money. But I think in times like these, they're good reminders to one, stay calm. But two, I should probably take a a deep dive into everything that I'm doing. Am I paying too much for those things that I don't really pay attention to? Like Mm -hmm. if I asked you right now, what's your cable bill? You probably don't know. Well, maybe now is a good time to go take a look at that. And do I really need all of those channels? Where are some ways that I can you know, sharpen the pencil, cut back on some things. I'm not saying live your life boring and miserable and like a miser, but you're probably spending things, money on things that you don't even really need nor use. So that will allow you to, to trim some fat. And then once you trim that fat, fortunately through the Secure.2 Act, uh, or Secure 2.0 Act, excuse me, you have the ability to add more and more money towards your retirement accounts and a bunch of other accounts as well. So the moral of the story here is look back at what you're doing. Make sure your money is working for you and earning money. If you can't figure out a way to do that, obviously call us, but then continue to figure out ways to trim the fat and add more money to your savings. So you mentioned cable bill. That's one of those things that we didn't have in the 80s that we have now that we have to build into the budget that might be part of the inflationary numbers. And you're right, things are always changing. And it's interesting to me as we discuss this uh, 
phenomenon of what can people do now that we have the threat of or the possibility of more imminently recession and we certainly have inflation. You've said before uh, the worst thing you can do is get all your investments in cash, yet you just talked about having some cash in a reserve fund. And that's, again, I think demonstrates that you have a moderate position. You're not somebody that says, don't ever do this and don't do this and a little of this and a little of that is probably a more prudent approach to it. So how would you counsel somebody in terms of determining an appropriate amount for an emergency fund? And would one of those higher yielding savings accounts be the place where you would keep that rather than like an envelope in a kitchen cupboard that you hope uh, a burglar doesn't find? Everybody's emergency fund needs are going to be different. Uh, For example, If you're in my position, which my entire career is tied to, to some capacity, the stock market. Mm -hmm. So I'm also a business owner. Uh, I also, there's a lot of different things that happen with my career that would require me to have a certain level of emergency fund. If you're a world-renowned surgeon who works for Ohio State Medical Center, the likelihood of you getting fired is probably pretty darn minuscule. So you probably don't need a significant an emergency fund. So that's kind of an individual question of, you know, if something happened to your or your spouse's job, how much money would you need? And some families can very easily survive off of one spouse. They go, no big deal. If he gets fired, I'm good. If she gets fired, I'm good. So the emergency fund can be smaller. But it's, it's a personal decision. Beyond that, it's also an emotional decision. We cannot ignore the fact that emotions play into our finances. And some people just simply feel uncomfortable having less than this arbitrary dollar amount. Uh, off, you know, I'll have clients come in and say, if we have less than $100,000 in our savings account, I start to really get nervous. Mm. Okay, well, far be it from me to tell you otherwise. If that's what works for you, let's do that. But let's just make sure that that money is, in fact, working for you. And it doesn't mean an emergency fund does not mean that it has to be 100% liquid that second. For example, let's say you wanted to have a year's worth of money put away, mm-hmm. God forbid something happens to you. And that number for you is $60,000. I need $60,000 set aside. You don't need $60,000 day one. You're going to need $60,000 over 12 months. So could you put maybe three months in a savings account and then ladder out the rest of it into CDs and get a higher rate of return? Possibly. Are you going to need an emergency fund is just that it's for an emergency. We don't run into emergencies every 11 seconds, or at least hopefully not. If you do, I don't want to hang around with you because you're you're dangerous to be around. But So likely, the likely chance is you're not going to need it. So you might as well make it work and earn money for you. Great point. You can get this kind of advice, and that just makes perfect sense to me and something I wouldn't have thought of. Like, yeah, okay, I have to have a nest egg, and I have to have it all together at one time. So that's, again, one of the reasons why uh, my eyes have been open to – I would say a purposeful approach to saving for retirement and to building toward financial independence by becoming a client with Josh and his team at Aptus Wealth Management. You can set up your free consultation at 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. You can also do it on the web, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Sign up to be a subscriber to Josh's YouTube channel. The, advi- the advantage there is you can watch these kinds of discourses in small doses, Pause it when you need to, take notes, share it with friends, watch it again. So sign up for the Josh Pick uh, YouTube channel at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. All right, what else? We talked about emergency fund. What else is on the list? 
Yeah, I think the, the biggest challenge, and this actually kind of points back to the emergency fund that people don't necessarily pay attention to. The emergency fund, in my opinion, has two purposes. Number one, for emergencies. Number two, to give you the emotional uh, bulletproof vest, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, to leave your longer-term investments alone. Mm. So oftentimes, people will overweight into the stock market, and then at the same time, they need that emergency fund because maybe they lost their job or something happened, and they have to dip. They probably lost their job because the economy isn't doing well. And at that point, they have to dip into their stock investments, which probably aren't doing well at the same time. So now we're taking it out of the worst time, getting a double whammy. So it's important during these times to have an emergency fund so that you can remain invested through turbulent times in the market. Now, that said, that's an important note. Remain invested during turbulent times during, you know, during these kind of market declines. And I can only give you this through experience. I know we all know this to be true. Market volatility has an emotional roller coaster effect on us. Everybody that comes in always says the same thing, regardless of their risk tolerance. I understand that it goes up and down. And if I decide to put money there, I will stay the course. I am a long-term investor. And everybody comes becomes a very short-term investor the second it actually goes the other direction. Yeah, I bet. And what I've seen is that if you look at the clients that I have that have the most amount of money, their one trait that differentiates them from everyone else you would think would be education or uh, it would be the amount that they earn or their background through their family taught them. So it would be all these other, all it is is discipline. Hmm. Discipline. They just ignore it and understand that things go down and they come back up and over the long run they'll be rewarded. And I think the only way that you can become committed to that is have a plan and stick to it. So you had said something earlier. You said you're taking a more purposeful approach towards your investing. In the past, did you feel like you had these investments in this bucket and it just made you maybe upset when it was down and you didn't really know why it was down and you really didn't know even what that money was for. You just know that you lost money and it felt like that sucks. Well, I had this awareness that I needed to be diversified. And so I kind of hoped that if I had a certain amount in this retirement plan where I used to work and this retirement plan where I used to work, or if we had a little bit of money here and there, that it would just sort of magically be diverse. But that's obviously not guaranteeing you of diversity because you could have it in all high-risk investments in every single pocket you have it in. So now I have the peace of mind, and I feel like that's a true plan because you're managing it, and I understand where it is because we've talked that through, and I'm very comfortable with what the upside is and what the downside is. And you kind of build in layers of protection. Yes. And not everything is going to be protected against loss, clearly, in times like these. If the market goes down 20% and you're invested in the market, chances are you experience some sort of loss. But if you built in these different layering, you know, some people call them buckets, I call them layers of protection, and you understand what different pieces of money are for, you are much more inclined to be able to weather storms. When it just seems like the storm comes in, the roof's blown off the house, the walls are falling down, I don't have a jacket, everything's... Terrible, but if, if that same storm came in and you said, well, if the power goes out, we have a generator. Uh, we have the tie-downs for hurricane straps. We have all this mm-hmm. stuff. You kind of start building stuff in, and you understand that those things are there. Not just, not just somebody put them there for you and you didn't even know they were there, but you actually understand they're there. You're much more inclined to be able to feel comfortable during that time period and weather that storm. The same is true with your money. So the things that you should be doing is bolstering your war chest of savings, but at the same time, 
using this opportunity to dive in, make sure that you're allocated the correct way, make sure that you have a plan, and make sure that you're committed to that plan so that your emotions don't take over and you make terrible decisions. Yeah, and that allows you to have the discipline that you're talking about. And if you would like to uh, find that in your own savings, you can do that in your own planning. You can do that via a consultation with Josh and his team. 614-917-1040 is the number at Aptus Wealth Management. Their website is Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. If you're listening to this outside of the Ohio market, well, don't worry. They service a lot of clients remotely, so you can do your... uh, consultation online as well, 614-917-1040 to set that up, or aptuswealth.com. In that, in and around that term discipline and planning for, or, you know, examining where you are with your investments and stuff in this possible recession, inflationary time, is varying your asset allocation one of the things that you'd have on your checklist along with that somewhat strong position in the, the nest egg portion of your savings? Because discipline, I know you want to keep investing, but I know you're not just a buy it, hold it, never change it type of uh, an investor. Yeah, I think it's it's important to make changes where appropriate as long as they're not emotional decisions. Mm-hmm. Let me define the difference between the two. If you knew or had a very strong inc- inclination through research, education, that we were heading into a period of rising interest rates, mm-hmm. the economy looked terrible. Uh, we had supply chain issues, and the list goes on and on and on, heading into a recession. The emotional decision would be, I know that the market, it's going to be a, a headwind for the market. Let's pull the money out and put it in cash. That wouldn't be a very logical decision. Mm-mm. However, well, let me dive into that a little bit more. Why it's not a logical decision, because if you did that and you go, yeah, but look at where the market is now. I didn't lose a nickel. Look at you, morons. Look what you did. My question to you would be, when are you going to get back in? Yeah, exactly. What's the price of getting back in? And you're going to be wrong unless you're the best investor ever, in which case, uh, kudos to you and uh, you know, tip your glass from your private island. <laughs> However, the challenge is when do you get back in? So a more prudent approach in, in kind of having that little bit more asset allocation that you're talking about would be what are some investment classes that I can remain invested in that will not react as negatively is let's say growth stocks or maybe in the S&P 500. So let's not pull the boat out of the water, but maybe we see a storm coming. Let's go on the other side of the island a little bit and weather the storm and then get back in. And then the more prudent approach would be, okay, so what needs to happen for us to make the determination that we're going to get back in? What is the criteria for that? The criteria cannot be uh, whenever it feels good because – Look at a chart over the last 100 years. I can point to times every single year where we could say, this is the big one. There's always going to be something negative. That doesn't mean it's not the right time to get back. Well, and you've talked with me before about this idea of people have that they can market time. And even when we, let's go back before COVID and all this kind of stuff, weren't a lot of the gains in the market, not market-wide, but the biggest gains were in just a couple stocks, right? So you not only have to be in the market at the right time, if you're thinking you can time it, you have to be in the right corner of the market, too. Not only do you have to be in the right stocks or the right corner, but if you're trying to market time, the biggest days in the market are almost always very, very close to the worst days in the market. Yeah, yeah. So if the market were to pull back 5% a day, 2% 2% the next day, 3% the next day, and you go, holy mackerel, that really went down a lot. Thank God I weathered that storm. 
but it's still the news isn't going to say it looks good now. It went down 10 percent. Now's the time to go back in. They're going to give you all the reasons why it's going to go down another 40. But there is a very significant chance that that is going to be the day that the rebound occurs. So if you look at the market over the years, it is astounding over the last, let's say, 20 years, what it's averaged versus what you would have averaged if you missed the top 10, top 20, and top 30 days. And if you think it's a matter of just a couple of percent here and there, if you miss the top 30 days in the last 10 or 20 years, think about your return getting cut in a third. Mm. I mean, it's not by a third, in a third, or maybe even less than that. So you got to be very cautious. Now, what we do is we will lean into certain areas of the market and lean out of certain areas. And very, uh, not giant moves, but tilt a little bit more conservative or a little bit more aggressive based upon the way the market is. And that's why, you know, quite frankly, we we had a much better than the herd uh, year last year. Yeah, and as a client, that makes me feel great. But the thing I feel the greatest about is that I really understand what our strategy is. And it's not a strategy that I would have come up with. And Josh is a fiduciary, so he and his partners are required by law to do the best thing for you. Set up your free consultation, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040, or online at aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley, here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. We will be discussing ways that you can react to the varying conditions that are out there. Maybe your retirement plans have been hit hard by the conditions that have intruded on our lives here over the past two years, inflation, recession, interest rate hikes. You hear all those things thrown around all the time. What does it mean for you as you save toward retirement? Josh and his team at Aptus would like to give you a free consultation so that you can learn more about how to arrive at that position in your professional life without a nasty surprise. And let me tell you, it is certainly worth your time. I've done it. My wife and I are Aptus clients, and so I would highly recommend that you do the same. 614-917-1040 is their number at the office. You can also reach them on the web at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. What has the last year been like for a lot of clients? Josh, you have uh, the blueprint. You have a plan for everybody. I'm sure that every client, like Sherry and I, uh, who've sat for the consultation and have entered into an arrangement with you. They have their own individual plan. Um, how have they processed a lot of this kind of drama, for lack of a better term, over the past year? Yeah, well, let's let's talk about what the last year was. I mean, 2022, the S&P 500 was down roughly 20%. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the bond market was down approximately 13%. NASDAQ abysmal as well, which is small company stocks. International stocks fared just as poorly. So really, there wasn't too many places to run. Mm -hmm. At the same time, until we started combating inflation, if you pulled your money out of the stock market to try and weather that storm, savings rates until very recently were paying basically point nothing. So clients were really left with a difficult scenario. However, we had a plan. And remember, we talked about building in those layers of protection. And I think it was... uh, was it Mike Tyson that said everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, for a lot of investors, they've used this as just getting punched in the face. So let's create a scenario that's, you know, terrifying. I'm two years away from retirement. I planned it all out. I'm good to go as long as I keep on getting my six or seven or 8% rate of return or whatever they based it upon. And, you know, six, 12, 18 months out, smack, 
I got punched in the face, I'm down 20%. Now, I will say that that's the average investor. Uh, and if you think about the 60-40 portfolio, which has kind of been the, the gold standard, if you were 60% stocks and 40% bonds, you were still down 15 16%. So there wasn't really a way to hide. That adds a lot of trepidation. Sure it does. I would say that adds a lot of anxiety. And a lot of people are having conversations with me like, I don't know if I feel comfortable retiring at this point. Um, now, fortunately for our clients or people that have been working with us for a long time, and you speak to this uh, all the time, we had already had a plan in place that was what we call stress tested. Mm-hmm. So what we do is anytime you build out these plans, you have to create assumptions. You can't just pull these numbers out of thin air. So, for example, in our office, we look at inflation around the 3% mark which has been higher than it's been over the last 20 or so years, but lower than it's been than it was during the crazy 80s, right? But if you look over the last 40-ish years, it's actually only been about 4%, even if you include the crazy 80s. So three isn't that outlandish. It sounds outlandish to people today, though, because here we are. We just got done talking in the last segment about how inflation is, you know, yay, we're down to six and a half. Right. So... The way that we handle all these assumptions, and of course, there's assumptions across the board for things like what is the cost of health care going to be? Um, what is the stress that could affect Social Security as we enter into the 2030s? We know at some point um, we're going to have to make some very tough decisions about uh, keeping the solvency of Social Security going. Um, and there's a you know tax rates. We're at really low tax rate environment right now, et cetera, et cetera. So what we do is we create assumptions based upon today. But then we start kind of stress testing that and saying, what if everything were to get 10% worse, 20% worse, et cetera, et cetera. So when we build a plan, I'm not saying we accounted for COVID because who knew what COVID was? Yeah. I'm not saying we accounted for, uh, you know, we're going to spend $5 trillion and we're going to have runaway inflation and we're going to raise interest rates faster than we ever have before. Who knew that was coming? We don't know. But what we did look into was what if a lot of bad things happen, and can you weather that storm? So for most of our clients, the conversation's pretty easy. We've been working together for long enough that they know that I'm I'm not pulling these numbers out of thin air. Uh, they're educated enough to know that we've we've turned over every stone, and they say, hey, am I still good? Yep, you're still good. All right, fine. But for others, particularly new appointments, it's a different conversation. Yeah, I'm curious on new appointments. If you have found over the years is that weighted more toward people who consider themselves to be in a desperate position, like, wow, retirement has snuck up on me, I haven't been saving, or is it more people who have come into some money and want to make sure that that's not something that they spend on things that will be temporal, like cars or boats or a vacation home? Yeah, it's all over the board. I mean, we were just talking offline about uh, one of your Mm -hmm. relatives, and they had kind of an influx that they weren't anticipating, and that was the impetus for the call. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting this. This is more than I feel comfortable handling on my own, so I'm going to go seek some advice. Um, That ranges from there all the way to people who say, you know, I'm I'm kind of really good at this stuff. I'm an engineer. I can do Excel spreadsheets. I'm mathematical. Uh, My hobby is kind of looking into the market. Um, but I'd like a second set of eyes, and that's smart. As a matter of fact, um, and this is something that everybody listening can do, if you go to our website and sign up for our newsletter, um, we send out information pretty consistently. I mean, we don't blow up your email box, but at the same time, we, and one of the things that we sent out was uh, an article on how to enter the new year with a beginner's mind. And I think sometimes the riskiest client or the most difficult client is a client that has uh, you know, a pretty substantial amount of information 
so much so that they are unwilling to think of it like a beginner and let new ideas come into the fold. And we see this in in sports. We see it across the board, right? This worked for me before, so it's going to work for me again. And I'm not suggesting that this time is quote-unquote different. It's not new math. But uh, I would ask you to try and find a time in history where you've had the economic prosperity that we have today while simultaneously having the discontent with the political offices and everybody in politics, while simultaneously having the level of debt that we have as a country, Mm -hmm. while simultaneously having rising interest rates, supply chain issues coming off the longest bull run in the history of the stock market, while tandemly everything is going down. It's hard to find. So that does not mean that old ideas won't work, but it means that what you've been doing for the last 10 years probably isn't the best bet. So sometimes we almost... We succeed in spite of ourselves and sometimes, as a result, fail because of ourselves. Well, and that, to me, underscores the importance of setting up that free consultation with you and your team at Aptus. And you can do that, folks, at 614-917-1040. Make your appointment via the phone, 614-917-1040. You can also set your appointment online, and the web address is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Dot com. I noted this week in my research for the show that uh, 41%, 41% of federal spending depended on borrowing in 2021. In 2021. Now, that was amid COVID, sure, so they didn't have as much tax revenue coming in. But, boy, we do borrow a lot of money as a federal government, and we have higher interest rates now, so they get to pay the high interest rates, too. And I wonder, because we've had these things happen here in the last two years that we haven't had a pandemic before in our lifetime anyway how much is it necessary uh, or is it not necessary to rethink things that we've always assumed about managing money and growing wealth about asset allocation and about well if you do this this is the reaction you're going to get or you're going to be exposed to this much volatility or whatever or do those things that we've always counted on being quote-unquote true are they still true? Well, there's a lot of debate in my world going on uh, about this, and it's, it's about the 60-40 portfolio, mm-hmm. which was widely regarded and has been for the last 40 years or so as kind of the gold standard of retirement portfolio allocations. And 60-40 simply means 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds. And for about the last 40 years, it's the last 25 for sure, it's kind of been a bull run in the bond market. And the reason that uh, people and for the stock market for a large chunk of that. But th- that was the gold standard is it, it was widely understood that those two things were negatively correlated. They did not move in tandem. They almost moved in opposition. That's of what I would another. think. I would think if the market's up, bonds are down. If bonds are up, the market's down. So, I mean, is the 60-40 thing, did it come about because you were basically trying to keep yourself from getting hurt too bad if you know when when one's up the other's inevitably going to be down um yes and yes but it's not that simple okay in other words bonds are less volatile than stocks but people flock to them in times of economic uncertainty so if you think about this one year the stock market might be up 20 your bonds might be up two so the bonds didn't really help you they were arguably the anchor behind the boat but they weren't negative either so the blend between the two is positive. That's good. But then in times of like 08, 09, when the stock market took a significant tumble, 
people flock to bonds for safety. So bonds end up doing double-digit returns while the stock market is down. They were offering not much drag behind the boat and on the upsides, but a tremendous amount of safety mm-hmm. and reduction in loss during the downtimes. And then this gentleman named Markowitz comes along, wins the you know, the Nobel Prize for this in finance. If you're in a 60-40 portfolio and you only pull out 4% per year for the rest of your life, adjusted for inflation at 3%, you'll never run out of money in the midst of any market cycle. Uh, so that was kind of the gold standard. Another one of those assumptions that people have learned to count on. Absolutely. Um, and I think it was Einstein that said, you know, sometimes the, the restrictor plate, and I'm obviously not using his words here, but the restrictor plate to growth in science is that people get so married to what is considered to be common practice that we ignore subtle changes that void the common practice. And I think this is one of those instances. Uh, you know, it's worked before, so it'll work again. Well, we just got done saying that the bond market was down 13, the stock market was down 20. So that means your huge protection element saved you 3% of drop, so you're still down 16%. So this is where kind of that active management has some significant power. Because I will tell you that our moderate portfolio was not down 16%. It was not even down 13%. So how is that possible? Mm -hmm. The way that it's possible is short-term bonds do not have the same level of volatility or they're not as impacted by interest rates as long-term bonds. So if you can see this coming, you can see, and I'm guessing everybody that was listening went, well, they printed $5 trillion. I got inflation's now at 9 10%. They're going to have to do something, and that's something that the Fed is going to have to do is going to be raise interest rates. How can I benefit from this, or how can I protect myself from this? And probably the only thing holding you back is you didn't know what to do. Right. Absolutely. So we knew what to do. Exactly. You so we, right. we shifted it to short-term bonds. We put some hedges in place on the stock market to make sure that we didn't go down as much as everybody else. Now, is that am I telling you that the stock market went down... 60-40 went down 16%, and we were up 20. I'm not telling you that at all. But I am telling you that the power of active management is limiting volatility. So I would suggest that you have two choices, and this is the big debate in my industry. The big debate you'll see in all the newspapers, I think it was even in the Wall Street Journal recently, they'll say, is this the death of the 4%? Meaning, <laughs> still do the 60-40, don't change that, but now just take less out. So let me do the math for you. If I had a million dollars, I can only live on 40000 bucks a year for the rest of my life, and now you're telling me that I can't even do that. <laughs> well, anybody who's listening to this is probably doing the math and going, okay, so $40,000. If I take a million dollars divided by 4%, I'm not really good at math, but how am I going to live that long? Yeah. Right? And the reason that that's been the general assessment is because there's volatility. And when they put all the, the dots on the graph that says these are all the possibilities, the only way they can guarantee that you're not going to run out of money is by just taking less and less. Well, by that condition, the best financial retirement plan is don't take any money and you'll never run out of money. That's not really the goal of retirement planning. No, it's not. Not at all. I mean, you're hoping that you manage your money or somebody like in your case is managing your money and that it's growing. And you you know, the thing I like you talked about when one of the first things you talked about when we sat for the free consultation with you was you didn't really talk about retiring because that must mean different things to different people. For some people, it's playing golf every day at the villages, and for other people, I I don't know. But you talked about financial independence to the point where you can do whatever looks like a fulfilling way to live your life, Uh, and if you don't 
need to go to the office every day, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you stop going to the office every day or you stop going to the office two or three times a week. That the idea of what retirement is, you 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 led me into thinking about it in a different way. Well, I think I fall into this category too, and you fall into this category. I, I don't, as long as I'm physically able, I get a lot of enjoyment and a lot of, um, you know, my my reason, my purpose for life comes from helping people and mm-hmm. working. Now, I'm not naive to the fact that when I'm 80 years old, I'm not going to be able to do it at the same clip that I'm doing it now. But I would like to get a, to a position where I get to decide what that day looks like. And that's really financial independence. So maybe when I'm 70 years old, I still have 20 clients. But 20 is all I really want to deal with. Whereas right now, 20 in my office would be, uh, unless they all had a whole big chunk of money, yeah. we wouldn't have much of an office. So we want to get people to whatever that financial independence looks like. And, you know, if you want to continue to work, well, then good for you. Your position just looks even better through the money. But maybe maybe what you want to do doesn't even involve making money. Maybe you just want to do charity work, but you want to treat it like your job. You can't do that unless you have money. So I, I get a kick out of people oftentimes that will say, you know, there's a certain sector of the economy that goes, you know, money. Basically, money's the root of all evil and all you care about is money. Nothing gets done without it. It just is what it is. If you don't think that money's important, throw it all in the trash can and see how cold tonight is in your house. Or wait, hold on. You don't have one of those That's either. Right. Yeah. So it is important, but it is not that we have a love for money. It's we have a love for what money will provide for us and others. You can set up a free consultation with Josh and get to know more about his perspective on saving and building wealth as it applies to you and your finances. Set that up online, aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com, or Make your appointment on the phone, 614-917-1040. Josh mentioned that I have a family member that got with him this week. He did that remotely. He does uh, reach out to and deal with a lot of his clients remotely, so you don't have to be here in Columbus, Ohio, or in central Ohio to do that. And when you're on the site, aptuswealth.com, setting up your free consultation, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And I want to talk a little bit about the offerings on the YouTube channel. First of all, I like the uh, avant-garde bull and bear up there. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, but you have a couple of videos up there that caught my eye, including one, and I'm sure this is a conversation you have with a lot of clients, or maybe not even they're, they're not even clients yet. They're people who meet you, and they probably say, well, why would I hire a financial advisor? I can do it myself. Because one of your videos is financial advisor versus a bear market. Take me through a little bit of a snippet of what people might learn in that five-and-a-half-minute video. Well, I, I did that one a while ago, but I will tell you that um, there's there's two things. One... Um, what types of questions do I get? Is it difficult? You know, I had a conversation with a client this morning and they said, you know, what kind of conversations are you having right now? I mean, everybody just got their statements from last year. Mm -hmm. And if they had a 401k and they were invested aggressively because they were in their 40s and 50s, they probably lost high teens, maybe even into the 20s. I told you about the friend I ran into uh, in a high school football game and he gave me the number and it was a... If if he was only down a couple percent, it was a, a he's got really, a lot of money. A lot of money. Right, so right. there are a lot of people who got hit really hard last year. Right, a lot of them uh, are, I would argue, smartly kind of keeping the horse blinders on until mm-hmm. they get their quarterly statements. Well, you just got them. Yeah, for most most people. Um, so you know, how do you handle those questions? Is something that that I talk about in that video. And then secondly, you know, what can a financial advisor do, or what does professional money management offer you 
that you can't just do on your own. I mean, we're in a, we're in a society now where you can probably take your engine apart just on YouTube. Uh, so, you know, why do you need a mechanic? Why well, sure you, I need one because I put the engine back together with 11 spare parts and they were all important. But my, my, my point here is, is there a value? You're paying money to hire me. Mm-hmm. And I am not in the business of just stealing people's money. So there better be value there. And what is that value? That's what we cover. And I think that value is very clear. It's, it's peace of mind. It's planning. It's asking the important questions that maybe you forgot. And then it's risk mitigation through proper asset allocation at the right time, which we just got done talking about the difference in performance. So obviously that's there as well. Yeah, and I would say another aspect of it is that uh, I gained an understanding. It's just so much less stressful to think about retirement when you have an understanding of what your strategy is and why that strategy is the right strategy for you. And again, you, I don't think are someone who has, when you come here to Aptus, this is how we do it and you do it this way and that's it. Like you vary it according to the client, their risk tolerance, uh, the uh, nest egg that they have to invest and all those kinds of things. But I didn't feel like I was roped into any particular strategy. I really felt like it was more my decision what we were going to do than it was your decision, but I didn't feel like there was any disagreement at all because I reached that point of understanding. I would think that a big part of what you do is just education and probably hoping, uh, but I would anticipate that this is often how it works out. People come to the right decision for them without you having to calf rope them into it. The only thing that we are stringent upon is that we stick to the process. And the reason that we're so so much sticklers to that Mm -hmm. is because that's the only way that the proper education can be achieved that by the end of it, you feel comfortable making your decision based upon the choices that are available. So you're, you're dead on. I have never, uh, you know, this happens more often than you think. I'll have somebody come in and go listen to you on the radio all the time, or I came to your seminar or somebody worked that I know works with you and you're good. You don't need to talk about it. Don't just do whatever you think makes sense. I trust you. <laughs> that is the worst idea ever for them and me. It's it's just a terrible choice. So they're oftentimes shocked when I go, no. Well, what do you mean? No, I have a million dollars. You don't want to yeah. invest it. No, no. In meeting three or four, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. But no, I don't feel comfortable doing that at this point because I don't know enough information. And that there's only one thing that's worse than having no money in the stock market or no money in an asset class that's going to grow you know, aggressively for you, the hardest working money that you have. There is nothing worse than do it, not having any of that than putting it in there and then making the wrong decision to pull it out at the wrong time. That's no different than just stealing money from clients. I mean, if you, if you don't know them well enough to know how they're going to react or you haven't educated them enough so that they stick to the plan, they're going to hurt themselves in the long run. They're better off not doing anything. Okay, so set up the free consultation, 614-917-1040, aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. In the couple minutes we have left, I want you to address the person out there who primarily is counting on Social Security, and they know enough about the problems with Social Security and its insolvency that is coming, whether I watched a news segment this week where the commentator just kept saying, no, it's not insolvent. No, it's not insolvent. And I'm like, no, it will be eventually, but they'll they'll figure it out or they'll do something to figure it out. But talk to the person who's counting on Social Security, is worried about Social Security, but is also worried about coming in 
and feeling like they're going to get a lecture because they haven't done the right thing and there's nothing they can do. And so they don't want to come in and have their worst fears confirmed. What do you say to that person? Well, first, I would say the best time to plan would have been 10 years ago. Even better would have been 20. Even better would have been 30. But the next best time would be right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're in the position today is what it is. But you can either put your you can put your head in the sand and just hope that somehow the problem magically you know, solves itself, or we can come in and start talking about how do we start improving that problem. You know me well enough, and, and hopefully listeners do as well, that I'm certainly not going to lecture anybody. That's not really the way that, that I am as, a, as an individual, so I'm not going to do business that way either. What I would suggest to you, though, is Social Security certainly does have a lot of problems. I agree with you that it's going to get solved. However, I think the biggest risk to people who are reliant heavily on Social Security is going to be inflation. Because the way that we get out of the problem with Social Security, in my opinion, is going to be the same way that the government gets out of problems with social with every other issue, and that's just borrow more money. Mm-hmm. And when we borrow more money, now there's some hurdles that we have to get over to be able to do that, because you know there's some amendments that we'll have to, to, to hash out. But if they borrow more money, it will ultimately mean that you have less actual purchasing power. So if you don't do something now... You are giving up the compounding of the future by not starting today and starting to at least move that needle towards being able to insulate yourself against the the pressures of inflation. Yeah, there is no better time than right now. Set it up. Free consultation. 614-917-1040. Aptus Wealth, located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750, a little bit north of 23 and 270. Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Josh, thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week. You as well. Thanks, Bruce. 